All right, well, um, what I'm going to be sharing on tonight, I was actually talking with Galio on Saturday when we were putting up the lights, and I really just kind of uh, was really humbled or thankful, whatever word you want to use. I was talking about how I've been coming to this church since I was probably, what, five or six, three? So even further than I realized. So right around 30 years, and... You know, some people don't hear the word. They, you know, they hear watered-down version, or they hear, you know, well, some make it, some don't, and things like that. And we know from coming here, or if you haven't been coming here, hopefully by the end of this evening, you'll realize that that's not true. If you stand in faith and you stand in the word, we always overcome. So it was just kind of cool. I was talking with him and kind of going back through and reliving some of my childhood. And I'm just so thankful for the church that we have and just having great leadership and just, you know, a pastor that's so obedient and such a hard worker and great staff that's just so willing to be there whenever we need it. You know, there's a lot of churches that are in constant turmoil and the leadership isn't, you know, they're in it for themselves or for whatever. They're not being led. They're just kind of going through the motions. But that's not our leaders. So I'm very thankful for that. Um, And kind of with that radical faith, I think it's, You know, it's something, it seems radical or crazy or far out there, but it's really just the Word of God. And if, you know, one thing you take away from tonight, hopefully it's just that, you know, what's in the Word is true. And then how do we prove that it's true in our life? Well, that's what we're going to kind of be talking about tonight. So I'm going to go through, uh, just kind of thinking back, you know, my time here in the church, I'm going to go through some testimonies that me and my family have had over the years. So uh, hope, hopefully they bless you. And it's only some of the testimonies. Obviously, every day God's doing things. Just like in our youth group, we have everyday God encounters. And the kids are talking about, you know, they're talking friends down from suicide. They're getting friends saved. They're doing amazing things. So all of our lives, we have a testimony every single day that we wake up. So uh, this is just kind of a small portion of it. So hopefully it blesses you. Uh, if you guys would turn to Revelation 12, verse 11 kind of just in talking about the power of testimonies and how important they can be. It's good to remind yourself of what the Lord has done in your life, but it's also really good for other people because they may be struggling with something very similar or be in a, you know, a same situation or thinking, you know, well, you know, someone struggled with this, but I'm struggling with that. And you, you know, when you tell people what the Lord has done, it just kind of unlocks that faith and just kind of ignites, okay, God did it for them. He'll do it for me. So as we go through these testimonies, in verse 11 it says, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to the death. So we know we have the blood of Jesus that we can apply. It provides protection. It heals all of our disease. It's everything that we'll ever need. But it also says in the scripture that we overcome through our own testimony. So our testimony is very powerful in helping people to realize that you know, sometimes you go to verses and you're reading them and you think, you know, Satan's there on your shoulder and your ear saying, well, that's not your situation or that's not you. And sometimes when we hear testimonies, it kind of just reminds us, no, God is true. He will come through for us. Uh, None of this is fake. It's all real and it's going to work out for us. And then it's important to remember that God's no respecter of persons. He shows no partiality or no favoritism. What He's done for anyone in here, He'll do for anyone in the world and more. We've only seen you know, a small glimpse of the power of God and what's possible. So if you're thinking, well, this is really big. Even if it's the worst thing we've ever seen in the world, the greatest sickness or 
the worst situation, like, wow, that's a million times worse than anyone's ever had this or that, it's all small to God. So just because, you know, I overcame certain things, don't think, well, mine's bigger or different. It's all small, and it's all already been taken care of. So as we go through, let's just uh, remember that, that the Lord will work through all of us, and His healing is for everyone. So, well, one of the testimonies I want to share was in growing up, one of the first uh, memory, well, not the first memories I had. I think I was in first or second grade. But my mom was actually uh, struggling with liver disease. And sorry if I get emotional as I go through. But, um, you know, it was something that we didn't really know. Me and my brother, we were, uh, they kind of, they didn't hide it from us, but they kind of, you know, wanted to keep us at peace and not really let us know what was going on. So uh, one day, she just comes to us and says that, you know, we're going to Denver and, you know, that we're going to, she's going to have to have a transplant. And this is in the early 90s, so it's a pretty, it's a pretty new procedure. I mean, they had been uh, being performed, but, you know, in the medical, medical community, they were still fairly new and they were still trying to hone the craft. So, you know, it was a very big deal. But again, me and my brother were pretty young and they, uh, did a good, good job kind of shielding us from the fear, doubt, or things like that. I remember just thinking, oh, we're going to Denver. Are we going to go to Elitch's and Waterworld? I mean, that was my first thought. So obviously I wasn't uh, quite old enough to understand everything that was going on. But anyways, uh, she had had liver disease for a long time. Uh, we went over, and she had her transplant. And then, uh, you know, they want to obviously keep an eye on her and everything for a while. So I remember coming back and staying with uh, with Greg and Candy while she was still over in Denver. And I was like, oh, sweet, I guess spend the night with Chandler. Again, not really realizing what was going on. And when she was over there, um, she battled rejection. She faced uh, death. I remember her saying that she could feel Satan trying to laugh at her and mock her and just kind of ridicule her and this scripture came to her in Deuteronomy 30.19 Deuteronomy 30.19 out of the New King James Version um, we have a choice in the matter we can you know overcome if we choose and if we believe it's not just a matter of cross your fingers you know wish and hope and maybe you'll be one of the lucky ones no there's no luck involved and in the verse here it says uh, I call heaven and earth as witnesses today against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So, if he's telling you choose life, obviously that's something on our end that we have to do. We have to choose life. It's not just, you know, the Lord's never just going to push his way into our life or just take over or turn us into robots and force his way. Everything's already been provided on his end. So, if we're not seeing results, then we need to look at ourselves. What can we change? What can we do? What can we confess or believe? How can we, just like Pastor was talking about, we can't have pretend faith and expect real results. We have to have you know, faith where we're at, and we have to have faith in the Word. And I remember her just saying that, and as I got older, I kind of got a better sense of, wow, you know, to be that close to death and kind of have Satan basically telling you, you're not going to you know, make it through the day or you're not going to make it through the night and then to just choose life and just fight from there. I mean, it's really just an amazing testimony. And 
Again, I remember talking about she was listening to pastors, cassette tapes. This is how long ago it was. And getting uh, tapes from Keith Moore and just getting filled on the word because when you're squeezed, what's in you is going to come out. If you're just all of a sudden, last minute, saying, well, let's you know, try this, try that, everything, we've tried everything, let's give the Lord a shot. That's not really how it works. Now, if you come wholeheartedly, you know, He'll meet you where you're at. Even if you, know, you haven't believed your entire life and all of a sudden you flip the switch, I know He'll be there for you. But it's good to be built up in the Word so that way it just kind of, you know, it's just a reaction. It just comes out of you. A test comes and you just say, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus or I don't accept you. So we learned pretty early on being in the church and then kind of going through that, uh, that battle just how important faith is. And it's important to ask yourself, what is faith and what is it not? Because like Pastor said, a lot of people think they're in faith and I've definitely been there where, you know, and then something gets pointed out. It's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't, you know, nearly as strong in my walk or my faith as I thought I was. So faith, first of all, what it's not, it's not a bunch of warm and fuzzy feelings, which is really good because if it's just getting the goosebumps or getting excited or kind of have your heart racing or whatever. If it was just that, then, you know, we would be kind of relying on our emotions. Emotions come and go. Feelings can go up and down. But faith is bigger than that. Faith is standing even when you don't feel anything. Maybe you're standing and things are getting worse. That's when faith kicks in. It's not just when you feel something or when emotions come up. Uh, It's definitely bigger than that. And then faith the way I like to define it, it's just simply believing the Bible and acting like it's true. I think so many times people say, oh, I believe the Bible. Oh, yeah, I believe the Word of God. And then you ask them questions, or you ask them, and they're like, oh, well, I don't know if I agree with that. I, I don't think you need to tithe. I don't think giving's important. Or, you know, I don't believe that everyone's supposed to be healed. And you're just like, well, you just said you believe the Bible, and now you're saying some of its core scriptures aren't true. And you can't pick and choose. You can't say, well, I believe that part, not that part. That doesn't get us anywhere. We have to make the declaration and just determine that I believe it. You know, it may not make sense to me. I may not understand all the ins and outs of it, but I believe it. And when we make that declaration and we take that stand, that's when we can start to uh, see things change in our life. And for me, it was really important to remember... um, that it's not just prayer, it's not just confessing the Word. You should be walking in faith 24 hours a day. A lot of time people pray a great prayer, speak great scriptures, get prayed for by leaders of the church or whatever, and then they go home and they're complaining and just going right back to where they were. So understanding that faith isn't just a part-time deal, it's something that you need to be living and enacting you know, 24 hours a day. So. Uh, If we would go, since it is healing night, I wanted to go to some of my favorite healing scriptures and just kind of keeping in line with, you know, it's true. Well, let's look at what the Bible says so we can know what's true and what isn't. So in Isaiah 53, verse 5, you guys would turn there. I'm going to read this also out of the New King James Version. Again, a lot of times Satan's there to, you know, tell us, well, that's not exactly what it means, or, you know, even sometimes our flesh says, well, maybe, you know, it's a different, no. I mean, we need to just say, it's true, 
I believe it. So let's look at what the Bible says. In verse 5, it says, But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And I love that last part there, because it doesn't say you will be healed, or you might be healed, or you will be healed if you jump through all of these hoops. It just simply says, His stripes caused you to be healed. And it sounds really simple, and it is, but it's not always the easiest thing to you know, walk by faith with that, but you just need to remind yourself, it's right there. So if you're struggling with anything tonight, you're healed. Your body may not say it, your doctors may not say it, you know, everything, you know, every sign may be pointing in the opposite direction of that, but God's Word is true, and it's more powerful, and it has more weight than, you know, everyone else on the planet. So no matter what you feel or what anyone's spoken over you, this is what's true. So we need to uh, remember that and remind ourselves of He took it on the cross, and it's already been done. Like I said, it's nothing that, don't pray, God, please heal me, do this for me, do that. He's already done it. We are healed. It's not, it's present tense. We are healed right now. It's not, we will be, we might be. We are healed right now. Tomorrow you'll be healed. The next day, the next day, the next day. You are healed at every point in time because of the blood of Jesus. So it's important to remember that. Uh, Also in Psalms, this is another, I think, pastor is the one that's pointed it out. In Psalms 103, uh, verse 2 and 3, this is another passage of Scripture where a lot of people will try and debate you. They'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe the Bible, I believe these things, and then you're looking at the same Scripture and they believe one half of it and then say the other half. Well, you know, I don't believe that. So, again, we need to you know, go to the Word. We don't need to go to men. We don't need to go to our own thoughts or feelings. We need to go to the Word. So in verse 2, it says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all His benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. So right there, one of my favorite words in the entire Bible is all, because all means all. There's no sort of like most of the time or 99% of the time. It All means all. And most people will agree, He forgives all your iniquities. You say, well, don't you think, you know, the price that Jesus paid for, you know, paid for forgiveness for our sins, they'll say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe that. Don't you think, you know, the Lord wants everyone saved? Why would He give us Jesus if He didn't want the world saved? And they say, no, I agree. Yeah, I think, you know, the Lord wants everyone saved. But then they turn around the second half of the verse and it says, who heals all of your diseases? And they say, no, I I don't know about that. Or maybe, you know, maybe when you get to heaven, you'll be healed. I've... um, heard people before say, you know, well, your healing isn't for this world, or your healing isn't for now, it's for when we get to heaven, we'll all be healed. No, it says He forgives all your iniquities and heals all of your diseases. And I know a lot of Christians, I mean, no one in this church, but they they try and fight you on it, and I don't know if you guys have had it, but sometimes you are sharing this, and you're asking people, you're like, well, you know, I don't want to get in a doctrine argument or anything like that, but it says right there that everyone is healed, and they'll say, oh, well, I, I had a friend, or I knew someone who died when they were in their 40s or 50s. Like, they're trying to catch you. Like, somehow you're saying that they're not a good person, or, you know, they did something wrong, or, and it's like, well, I'm not them. I'm not saying, you know, that they weren't a good person, or they weren't going to heaven or anything like that. But the Word is the Word. And we have to believe it. I know the Bible says that people are destroyed by lack of knowledge. So, you know, I don't know their situation. I don't know everything that was going on. But I know my God. And my God is a God that heals, 
100% of the time. And we need to remind ourselves of that. I mean, so people are, you know, essentially believing that, you know, you hear the act of God or, you know, the Lord took someone, the Lord needed an angel and things like that. And that kind of stuff just, I mean, it drives me nuts because you're like, the Lord is not a murderer. Why do we put people away on this earth for murdering, but then somehow praise the Lord or think that He's doing it? He is love, yet He kills people and does things like that. Yeah, that, that's not the case. And then obviously people's faith is going to be way out of whack. If you think God's causing the storm or He's the one that wants you to be sick, of course you're not going to be able to get healed. You're going to be believing against the person you think that's put it on you. And that's just not the case. So it's important to always go back to the Scripture and you know look at what it says. God doesn't put sickness on anyone. He's not teaching you anything. You can grow and learn during it, but that's not the Lord's way of teaching us. So... It's important to just kind of once and for all, if you have any sort of hold up on that or you're not sure, just the Lord heals okay, and Satan is the one that comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So if there's any stealing, killing, or destroying going on, we know from Scripture that that's not the Lord. That's the enemy. So it's important to always just remember that. And don't listen to people because I don't know you know, what point in history or where people started to get off on that, it's really frustrating to me because then you go to the Bible. I, I remember reading, someone gave me a book on all the questions the Bible answered. And first off, like, okay, well, if you think you have all the answers, you're obviously probably not someone worth listening to. But, uh, you know, just reading what they thought on uh, healing, the, the author was basically like, well, I've prayed for people that have been healed and prayed for people that haven't been healed. So, that right there proves that God doesn't want everyone healed. And it's like, what are you talking about? That is so far off. Like, I, Yeah, so if you have any questions or any doubts, just from now on, get that out of your life. That is an absolute lie that Satan has been using for years and years to keep people in bondage and keep them down. Because like we said, you can't, if you think God is the one that's put the sickness on you, then you're not going to resist God. You're not going to be believing, you know, He's going to heal me, but He's also going to make me sick. That obviously doesn't make any sense. So uh, know that God is for you being healed, and He's already provided everything that you need to be healed. So just open up and just accept that. Um, and then another testimony. Fast forward a few years. Uh, those scriptures obviously are things that I know my mom, my dad, my entire family, the church, those were always big, you know, ingrained, us, ingrained in us from the get-go, which is why I'm again so thankful that it wasn't, sometimes it's easier, I think, to teach people who don't know anything than to teach someone that's kind of grown up hearing, you know, wrong messages or false doctrine or things like that, because now they almost have to go back and unlearn and then relearn instead of just learning from the get-go. So I'm very thankful that I got to learn these things from a very young age. So fast forward uh, to when I was coming out of college, one of my testimonies that I know if you guys have been coming, I've shared it a few times here, but we'll go ahead and go into it anyways because I think it's a good testimony for me to remind myself, but also uh, if you guys are struggling with anything similar, know that what he did for me, he'll do for you. And there's some things that I learned along the way through my battles and through my testimony that hopefully you know will bless you and help you but um so i get out of college and then i get my first job my first teaching job and it's only a uh, half time but you know it's you know a new job you want to do well so 
you're kind of nervous, excited, and all of that. And the first night before school, I, you know, struggled falling asleep. And, you know, I tried to take, you know, Tylenol PM or whatever, whatever that stuff that helps you fall asleep and still couldn't. And it was just frustrating. But I was like, okay, you know, just first day jitters. The next night I'll, you know, get some rest and it'll be fine. And then the next night was the same thing. And, you know, it was a struggle to get to sleep. I never actually fell asleep. And so I decided to go uh, to the doctor and get on some medicine to think, you know, let's just knock this out and, you know, be done with it. And I got on some uh, mild medication to help with it. And then over time, that started not working as well. And then they put me on uh, antidepressants, which, you know, looking back, you know, I maybe should have been led to not do that or whatever. But um, basically, the drug would knock me out, so I would almost be sedated and knocked out. I wasn't getting, you know, true godly sleep, but the times I was sleeping, I was so sedated, and my mind was basically just blanked for the night, and then I would wake up just feeling awful and groggy and, you know, tired and out of it, and, you know, over time, those drugs, and I know it was the enemy behind those, because uh, the feelings that came, I know, were straight from the enemy, but over time, those antidepressants started to make me start to feel depressed, and I think it allowed me to have a greater sense of what some people are going through. I know a lot of people throw around the word depression or depressed, oh, I'm gloomy, maybe they're depressed, or they're a little sad or bummed or whatever, but what I felt during this time was like nothing I have ever experienced or want to experience again. I felt like a prisoner in my own body. I felt, you know, shaky. I felt trapped. I felt like whether I was at work or home, around friends, alone, whatever it was, I was, you know, completely miserable. I, you know, I can see how people who don't have hope and don't believe in Jesus, how, you know, they feel like their last option is to take their own life, as bad as that sounds. But it was just completely awful. I mean, I was just down all the time and sad and still wasn't sleeping great and started to get anxious and there was really just no relief and it was just continuing on and on and on and I was standing on scriptures I was confessing scriptures but my breakthrough didn't really come until I started to apply some of the things that I actually learned in healing school so I was only half time so I came to a lot of the uh, Monday uh, healing schools and pastors said you need to get excited for your healing because the Word says it. You know, whether your body says it, that you feel healed or not, or the doctor says you're healed or not, the Word says you're healed, and that carries more weight and more value than, you know, any other word of man or even your own body, your own thoughts. So I was like, wow, you know, that's true. I'm, I've been kind of mopey and sad and acting like, well, I'll get happy when the healing shows up. That's the opposite of faith. You get happy so the healing can show up. And when I kind of made that switch, that was a huge breakthrough for me. And then another thing that helped me uh, that I realized, like Pastor said, that pretend faith, I thought, you know, I'm praying these great prayers, I'm quoting scriptures, I'm studying the Word, I'm doing everything I know, but my confession was off. I was praying, I was quoting scriptures, but then, you know, I would go to work or be around people and I would just be griping and complaining and just talking about is it ever going to get better? This is so awful. And I just kept going on and on and on. And then I finally realized, um, we'll go ahead and go to the scripture in Proverbs 18.21, but I realized I had to get a grip on my tongue that, you know, 
when you're praying, obviously you're going to pray prayers of faith, or at least you're hopefully praying prayers of faith and not whiny prayers. But I was praying prayers of faith. I was quoting scripture, but then you know, from Amen on, I would just go back to confessing the you know what I was, you know, how I was feeling instead of what I was believing. And you know, that's why for a long time I wasn't seeing a lot of results because. Uh, I think it's in James it talks about how the tongue is like a rudder of a ship or we would say a steering wheel well if you're just you know I'm healed no I don't feel good oh I'm healed oh this is awful and you just keep going back and forth you're going to get in a wreck and not get anywhere so I've had to realize that wow my own worst enemy has been my you know my speech pattern and my tongue so once I learned that I really applied it and as we see here in Proverbs, it says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. So once I realized, okay, it's not just prayer, it's not just confessing Scripture, when I actually start to speak like I'm healed 24 hours a day, that's when I started to see breakthrough. And, you know, it didn't happen all at once. It was just, you know, one night. I got a couple hours of sleep without taking anything, and then the next night a little bit more and a little bit more, and then before I know it, in a matter of weeks, I was completely out of it. You know, I, the Lord had brought me out. He had healed me. But, you know, I don't know how much longer I would have struggled if I wouldn't have realized that, you know, there's things on my end that I need to be doing that I wasn't in order to allow that breakthrough to come. Again, it wasn't anything the Lord needed to do for me. It was me learning and needing to apply things that I had been taught and what I had been learning over the years. And the tongue... Uh, was a huge part of it. And then I think the scripture that really helped me the most was Matthew 18, 18. We'll read this out of the New King James and then also out of the Amplified. This is one that, you know, looking back, I always just point to as a turning point in my life and just something that, you know, just opened my eyes and made me realize, wow, you know, we, we have the ability to allow things. We have the ability to not allow things. And that's what it says right here in the verse. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So basically, if something's in your life that you don't want, then don't let it in your life. Bind it. Rebuke it. Get it out of there. Don't allow it to hang around. And then things you want to allow. So I started to bind anxiety, depression, insomnia, and then I started to loose joy or allow joy peace, happiness, rest, all of those things. And again, that's when I started to see breakthroughs, when I realized that it's on me. It's not on God to do for me. That part's already been done. It's on me to apply these things. And then the Amplified, it kind of goes into a little more detail. I don't know if... Okay, I had the other Amplified. I think there's a few. Isn't there a few different Amplified? Okay, I'll just read off what I had. It says, I assure you and most solemnly say to you, whatever you bind forbid, declare to be improper and unlawful, on earth shall have already been bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, permit, declare lawful, on earth shall have already been loosed in heaven. So, just realizing that, that I had the power, I had the authority, this was another huge scripture that just led to more and more breakthrough in my life. So if you're struggling with anything, realize that you don't have to allow it. You can bind it and rebuke it, and it'll be gone. And then don't just leave yourself empty. Start to fill yourself up. Okay, now that that's removed, now let's fill ourselves with joy and peace and happiness and all that so there is no room for anything to come back in. So this was a huge verse that allowed me to move forward. And then 
so that was when I was in my early 20s. And then right before I was married, it actually, a similar attack came on me um, again. And the first time around, it took about seven or eight months to kind of see deliverance and kind of get out of it and see the healing fully manifest. And then the second time around, I mean, it was just as bad. I'd gone, you know, weeks without any sleep. But I remember just confessing, saying these scriptures. I had tears, you know, running down my eyes. I, you know, felt like I could hardly stand. I remember being in a service in here where I was holding the chair in front of me, just, you know, using all my strength to even stand up. But I knew that, you know, these things had worked before, they'll work again. And I think a lot of times Satan tries to use that second attack to try and just, you know, bombard you with doubt, saying, oh, you thought you were healed, you thought you were through it, look at you now. And you almost have the temptation to feel embarrassed or something, like you've done something wrong to have that attack come back. But it's just a last-ditch effort of the enemy to try and, you know, keep you from what God has promised you for. So the things I had learned the first time, I just jumped right. I mean, I had grown so much over those years that it only was around for a month or so this time, and I just, you know, I just stood my ground. And then I finally just got so fed up that I just resisted the enemy. Like the Bible says, you know, resist the enemy and he will flee. I said, Satan, this isn't going to be my life. This isn't going to be something that's just, you know, I have good years and bad years or anything like that up and down. I said, you're gone once and forever. And, you know, I've been great at sleeping ever since. I mean, I'll fall asleep all the time in cars and things like that. I know my parents talk about sleeping was probably my greatest strength growing up. So, uh, it, I've been delivered and great ever since. So it's just standing your ground and, you know, using, applying the blood, uh, like this we sang earlier, and my God uh, is big enough. Nothing's too big for the Lord. So just continue to have uh, that faith. And I'll share on a couple other testimonies that have been a little more uh, recent. Uh, my wife, she's had several testimonies of her own before I met her and since I've met her. Uh, she actually used to have very severe seizures where, you know, she basically couldn't drive or do anything. It was completely, um, it completely took control of her life. Every decision she made was based on, you know, where, you know, if she had a seizure or this, and there was just a lot of bondage with it. And then one night she was getting prayed for and was just completely delivered and has been delivered ever since. So uh, maybe she'll tell, it's a pretty wild testimony. I've told her she needs to, share it in detail so maybe she'll get that but then also uh, she's been delivered from depression I remember when we first got married she was struggling with some different things and just you know emotional and some of the new challenges of being married and things like that I remember uh, having a prayer line and pastor praying over and just you know tears coming down her face and just I could just see that a chain was broken you know her smile was back her happiness her energy her bubbly personality was there again and you know, again, it's just things that are happening every single day in this church. So don't think if you're going through something that it's too big or it's not going to happen, it will happen. And you just need to stand your ground. Uh, I mean, just awesome testimony after testimony. And again, this is only, you know, scratching the surface. It's, you know, something that, you know, the Lord has done over and over and over again in our lives. And the things He's protected us from. Maybe you're you know, feel completely healthy and nothing's wrong, that's the Lord right there too. You know, being kept from, you know, serious things, that's, you know, the work of the Lord as well. And the last testimony 
I want to share is the most recent one and it was probably the most difficult because when you're going through it I mean it's easy to kind of you know fight for yourself but then to see other people that you love going through things it kind of makes you you know it's just a different kind of frustration or a different kind of you know pain when you see people you love suffering you'd rather you know be you than uh, your loved ones and it was uh, of little Rocky right there so Rocky was born in September he's our newborn and uh, the first night we or the first or second day after he was born we were still in the hospital and he had started choking and we were like is, is he not breathing so we called the nurses just to you know see what was going on and they you know patted him and got him crying again and they're like oh that's just you know babies they get the fluid in their lungs as they're born and you know it'll go away in a few days so we're like oh okay you know that, that's fine it's our first kid you know you could tell us anything and we'd be like oh okay that makes sense I mean um, so but time went on and uh, these episodes of choking and they started to get you know worse and worse there was a few times where I was at work and Ashley was home alone and was getting ready to drive him to the emergency room where we live by paramedics she was thinking about running him over there and uh, there were some times where I was home in the middle of the night and we finally took a video of what was going on just to you know this this doesn't feel normal you kind of had that instinct of yeah I know babies choke and they spit up but he would turn completely blue and you know he wouldn't be breathing and we would roll him over and pat him and we'd get a little noise out of him but you know not enough it would take him 20 30 minutes where he would then start finally crying you know a good cry and that color would be restored and it was just you know awful we were like this you know can't be normal I mean you know again it's our first time so we don't know so we finally just took a cell phone video of it and as she goes to the doctor and they basically stop what they're doing and they say okay we're you know this is serious this isn't normal we're taking you you know to the hospital right now they didn't even want her to go home to get you know any of his toys or anything like that they're like uh, just go straight to the hospital because you know this isn't normal we need to get this taken care of so we go to the hospital and of course we're trying to remain calm and everything like that and that was the one thing all of the doctors and nurses and everyone through the whole thing they kept saying wow you guys are really calm even in the video as you know our child is turning blue and we're trying to you know clear an airway and suction out whatever we think is in there you know we didn't know what was going on and they said well you guys were incredibly calm through the whole thing and I I'm, I I give the credit to the Lord you know we just had peace we would just you know pray over him we would say you know just Jesus 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 when we didn't know what else to say we would just you know calmly speak that over him and eventually you know as we said color would be restored and everything but we get to the hospital and like we said, they don't really know what's going on. They just saw the video and know that it's you know pretty severe and not normal. So they start running all these tests. They're looking for, they're doing a brain scan, looking for um, you know a hole in the head or a brain bleed or a hole in the heart or you know they're looking at the esophagus to make sure that that's fully developed. They're looking for intestinal issues and pretty much everything you can think of on a baby. And uh, the scripture that uh, pastor actually sent to us as we were going through it was 2 Corinthians 2.14. So if you guys want to uh, turn there. I'm 
again, even in the midst of the storm or the trial, there was still a peace with it. We knew, you know, we wanted answers. We wanted to know what it was. We wanted to know what was going on. But we knew regardless of whatever they found, it wasn't going to change the Word of God. We knew that He was going to be healed. He was going to be fine. It's difficult to see a child like that, but we knew that the Lord was going to come through and that everything was going to be okay. So, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, says, Now thanks be to God who always leads us to triumph. So, always, just like all, guess what? It means always. It doesn't mean most of the time, or you probably, there's a good chance. No. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of His knowledge in every place. And that was, we just kept meditating on that. We said, no, we are going to triumph. There is no other option. There is no, well, maybe this, maybe that. And like Pastor said earlier, there's no shame in going to the doctors. I mean, I've gone to the doctors, you know, hundreds of times. And, you know, there's faith in that, believing that, you know, we're going to meet a doctor that's anointed, that's going to care for, you know, whatever we're looking at, that's going to be very skilled. The medicine is going to work appropriately. There's not going to be any side effects. There's no shame in that. Uh, you know, we got to operate in faith and not in fear. I think a lot of times people are trying to have faith, but they're really operating in fear. We can go to the doctor in faith. We can go to the doctor in fear. We can pray in faith, and we can actually pray in fear. If, if I don't pray right now, what's going to happen? Something, you know, I need to pray, or, you know, this or that's going to happen. And we don't operate in fear no matter what we do. So wherever you're at, just do it in faith. If it's going to the doctor, if it's being prayed for, whatever it is, do it in faith, knowing that the Lord's going to come through. So we got to take him home. Uh, he's putting on weight ever since. He's not having any issues. We changed a few things with his diet. He's on medicine, which again, we know the Lord works through medicine. And he's just been doing so much better ever since that time. But... You know, in that moment, when you're pushed or when you're squeezed, you figure out what's inside of you. Amen. You, you know, realize, you know, do we believe it or do we not? So wherever you're at, I just challenge you to believe the Word of God. God wants you healed. You know, like, it could be instantaneous. It could be right now. You could just see pain leave and just jump up. Or it could be over the next few weeks or months. We don't have to know how or when or all the ins and outs or all the details of it. We just know that we are healed. Okay, however it manifests, praise God. But we are healed. So let's always remember that. So if you guys want to uh, get ready, I had a special request for a song tonight because this, as we were in the hospital, the, we, we just decided, I mean, poor little Rocky was hooked up to all the monitors. Uh, he had an IV actually put into his head. I mean, again, a lot of things that are hard to see. As a parent, you see your little guy that's just a month old with all these different things inside of him. And we just, you know, pulled out our phones and we just started praying in the Spirit. And we put on this song and we just kept singing it over Rocky. And I, you know, I don't know if he was slain in the Spirit, but he just went right to sleep and he was just laying there more peacefully than I had ever seen and me and Ashley were just laughing and you know it was like a Holy Ghost meeting in the middle of a hospital room so I requested them to do uh, this song because you know it was just an amazing moment and whatever the Lord's you know doing in your life whatever you're believing for just believe that it's true don't allow yourself to have any sort of well maybe maybe not no 
the Word of God is true, and He said that you are healed. So if you're believing for anything tonight, then just take your healing. Just bind whatever you don't want in your life, and then loose or allow whatever you do in your life. Amen?